Praise the Lord. Amen. Man, how do you follow all that? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, we're worshiping. We're in the presence of the Lord. And I got to come out here and just interrupt everything. All right? So, so bear with me. Amen? Praise the Lord, man. Welcome to the church. I got, I got, I got to start off with something crazy. Um, it's going to get up in your face a little bit, man. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. All right? Because this is how we got to do this, man. And so, so I want to ask you a question. All right? And I want to kind of pro- progress in this question. And I want this question to kind of be challenging us through this sermon and, and, and then definitely when we come home, when you leave for home. My question is, what, is, what has changed? All right? What has changed uh, about you, in you, through you, because of you? What has changed since the last time we met? <clears throat> Think about that. What has changed since the last time we got together and, and, and gone through God's word together? Maybe you were here last week. Maybe you haven't been here for a while. All right? But, but let me say, what is different about you, all right, since, since the last time? All right, my man. How you doing, man? Did you bring, it? Did you bring anything? Hey, you got Skittles? Anything like that? No? You're good? All right. Okay, good, man. Right on, around. Right good. All right. Praise the Lord. So check this out. All right. So, so, so what is different about you? What has changed about you? Shouldn't something be different? Okay, maybe it's not since the last. Maybe we haven't seen each other for a while. All right. Maybe you haven't been. Maybe you've been on a long trip. All right. I get it. You know what I mean? You know, I'm all in church all the time because you ain't been here. All right. But when you're here, you're here. All right. Anyways. So, um, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, but, 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 but what about the last time you were in God's word? The last time you opened the Word of God and you're reading the Word of God, what is different about you since then? What is different? What has changed about you? Should, shouldn't you be different? Shouldn't I be different? Or shouldn't we all be different when, 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 when we're encountering a living, amazing, big old G who loves you and me? Amen. Amen. Shouldn't that change us? A little bit, man. Unless, unless you open up the word, man, and you're like, okay, done. Got it. Did it. That's me. I look just like that. Shoot. Give me something challenging. All right. Unless that's you. All right. Unless that's you, man. All right. We need something more than just hearing, reading, and seeing the word. Amen. I was hearing some feedback on this last series we've done. All right. The center series that we just finished up last, last week. Last week. I got a lot of good feedback, man. I got a lot of people saying, wow, it was really good. It was really inspiring. Really, really inspiring. And, if, and then I got to challenge that, man. But it, I agree. But if it was inspiring, what's, what's different? All right? Because what good, what, good, what good is inspiration if there's no transformation? Come on, man. You got to think about these things. I'm thinking about them all the time. It's freaking me out. All right? <laughs> what, good, what good is is inspiration if there is no transformation. What have we decided, all right, as a church, because there's only one church, you say, I go to a different church. I don't care. There's only one church. It's his church. It ain't mine. You know what I mean? Come on. All right, what have we decided as a church, all right, to, to submit to not only hearing God's word, but to being, living, and doing God's word? What have, we, what have we submitted to that? I want us to do something here, all right? We haven't done this for a while now. And we're going to take these next four months. And what we're going to do is we're going to go through a book of the Bible. All right? All right. Uh, if you have a Bible, open up to the book of Second Opinions. Just kidding. 
All right? We're not going to mess around in that book right there. We, we, we live in that book, don't we? All right? We live in that book all of the time. No, no. Uh, we're going to be going through the book of Ephesians. And, and here's, the, here's, the, here's basically the thrust. The, the, the title of this series, and we're going to go four months through this, man. The title of this series is called A Firm Foundation. Ephesians, we're going through Ephesians, A Firm Foundation. And the idea that we're going to pursue and put to the test is, is that knowing and trusting the, the work that God has already done for you will lead you to establish you in and empower you for a Christ-centered life, all right? Knowing and trusting the work that God has already done will lead you to, God will lead you to a a Christ-centered life, will establish you in, Jesus will establish you in a Christ-centered life and empower you for, the Holy Spirit will empower you for a Christ-centered life. Just when you thought it couldn't happen, right? Just when you thought it couldn't happen. Praise the Lord. All right? A Christ-centered life. And so we're looking at Ephesians. We're like, okay, well, well why, why the book of Ephesians? Well, you know, why did we pick that book? And, and he, this is just kind of a thing that I believe that God led, led us to as a church. He led me to in my personal time. I'm studying the scripture one morning and... Uh, and, I, and I, this is crazy because this book, you would think, has nothing, like it was written, I was reading in Deuteronomy, which was probably written like maybe 1,400 years before actually Ephesians was written. And so going back in history, I'm reading this book in Deuteronomy, and I'm reading how Moses had the whole nation of Israel. Basically, they weren't even a people group yet. They didn't have a place to stay. They were just barely learning who they were, all right? He, was, he, he had all this group of people in front of him, and he, and, he, and he wanted to review everything that God had been saying to him for the past 40 years everything God had promised, everything he had challenged them to, and he was kind of leading them to this life, to this life that God had promised, all right? And they, they, they had just been wandering in rebellion for 40 years. They had been living this on and off life. You ever feel like sometimes you're just wandering? Sometimes you know God, you believe you trust God until something happens. You're like, maybe not this time, but next time for sure, all right? And we're kind of living this on and off life with God. We're kind of in and then we're out. And then we're in and then we're out, Right? This life with God that's just kind of, well, it is kind of, by, well, I don't want to say that. It's, anyways, almost did, but I don't want to, you know, because I know that's the real deal. This, this life with God that's just undecided. It's like a wave that's tossed to and fro, back and forth. All right? It's, it's just, just an unsettled life, and we can't figure it out. Well, Moses was talking to these people, and he's getting ready to share with them to help them recenter in their life. I mean, and this group right here of people, they actually were led to this place, to this land, and they could see the land that God had promised them. They could recognize the life that, they, that God was giving them. And I believe that many times that us, you and, you and I, as followers of Jesus Christ, or potential followers of Jesus Christ, or even people who are just questioning what it means to follow Jesus Christ, we can see, we get a glimpse, or we wouldn't even be here, man. We get a glimpse of what God has for us, but we're not sure we want to go there. These people that he was talking to, all right, he, they, they, you know, he, they, they saw the land, but they just, they just needed to step into it. God said, I've given it to you. You just need to step into it, man, and take what he promised. But it required, it required prayer. It required, I mean, it required commitment. I'm sorry, I just got a text asking me to pray. So, so we need to pray. Somebody needs us to pray. Father, we're just gonna pray for this person. I don't have a clue what's going on right now, but we just saw a need for prayer. And we as a church, Lord God, are gonna pray for this situation. 
And we just pray for this family, this suffering. Lord God, for your glory in Jesus' name, give them comfort. Amen. It was going to require commitment. I say, we know this. We know that the life that God has for us, all right, we know that, 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 that it requires a commitment to it, all right? I mean, we've been trying the in and out thing, man, in and out thing for, for a long time, and we recognize it just ain't working. These people are going to need to commit. To commit to what? They need to commit to be led by the Father, to be established in his word, and to trust the promise of his presence and his power. They needed to just trust God, the Father, trust the Son, and trust the Holy Spirit. They needed to trust Almighty God. And I believe just like Israel, we too are are right here with God. And God is showing us this life, and he's showing us these things, and he's been telling us, and he ain't going to stop, man, because he he has set this life out in front of us. And until we stop breathing, he's going to keep leading us to this life. And challenging us in ways that we may not like, in ways that we might expect already. But he he wants to lead you. I believe he wants to lead you to this Christ-centered life. I believe he wants to establish you in this Jesus-centered life and empower you to live like Jesus in this life. And it's going to require, man, we know it's going to require more than an on and off relationship. It's going to require more than a Jesus t-shirt. It's going to require more than a tattoo that says his name. It's going to require more than all the, all, all, the, all the stuff that we put on that says, I'm Jesus person. It's going to require more than just church attendance. It's going to require more than just remembering your favorite worship song, man, and saying, I can't wait till they play that song. It's going to require more than, 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 than knowing and owning a life verse for your life. Those are all good things. There's nothing wrong with a Jesus t-shirt and, and tattoos, and I don't believe there's anything wrong with tattoos, all right? And so, you know, obviously, and so, you know, um, don't make me rip my shirt off. No, um, just, no so, so uh, you know, I mean, I got no problem with all these things, man, but you know what, uh, but but. but but God wants more. He wants it all. And here's what the thing, I believe this to be true, man. We got to know what we believe and why we believe it, followed by a life that lives like we believe it. I think that's the problem so many times. Michael, I just saw that brother, man. Anyway, sorry, guys. Saw somebody I haven't seen in a long time. We got to live like we believe this, all right? And here's what I know, and I have another line for you here. Knowing what you believe and why you believe it will lead you to live a more believable life. I know this. And believable first to yourself. You ever tell yourself, look in the mirror and say, who the heck are you trying to fool, brother? You know what I mean? Or sister, I don't know, whoever you're looking in the mirror. Who are you trying to fool? You have a hard time believing your own life. Because you forget what you know, or maybe you know what you know, but you don't know why you know it, or you believe it and you don't know why you believe it. Here's why I believe that knowing what you believe and why you believe it will lead you to a more believable life. When I first gave my life to Christ, I was maybe eight months out of, I almost said eight months out of the womb. That would have been a trick, all right? So I, I was eight months just, just, just into my new, well, basically, yeah, into my new life in Christ, all right? kind of works, huh? Well, I'm going to try that next time. All right? And so, um, eight months into this new life, 
right? And then I'm, I'm out and I'm out and I'm about and I got this necklace. Somebody gave me this necklace, all right? It's on a leather strap, had a little cross that said paid in full across, across the crossbeam. So I had the cross going this way and I paid him full across. And I was so proud of that. I thought, this is cool. Yeah, paid him full. Boom, ask me about this. What's, what's going on? And I remember we were in Tucson and I was in this Renaissance store, right? And I was just tripping all this stuff. I was looking for a cool sword or something, right? And the chick, the girl behind the counter, she saw my cross. She said, what does that say? And I said, it says paid him full. <laughs> what do you think of that? Right? That's right. Paid in full. And she said, what does that mean? Right? Hmm. Well, um, and I told her, you know, that Jesus Christ, he died on the cross for me. He gave his life. He was nailed to a cross and he bled and he died for me. And the look on her face, man, just blew me away because she was just going, oh my gosh, that's horrible. She goes, how is that any good? She was serious. I thought by this, I thought everybody knew the story, right? You think everybody knows, man. This is a no-brainer, paid in full. She, what? Yeah, this is what's up. And she's looking at me, man. She's like, why, why is that good? Why do you believe that's good? And I don't know how. I didn't know how to answer. I was just thrown off. All right. Let me ask you this, man. Here's another question. I'll put this up for you. Do you know what you believe and why you believe it? Or are you just trying to, to live this thing out? You know what you believe, man. Do you know why you believe it? Or are you just trying to live this thing out? Are you just going through the motions? Let me ask you, do you know why you took communion today? No, I'm asking you more. Do you know why you personally took communion? Think about that. Think about that. You see, our hope is, our hope is that, is that this series will lead you and will lead me, will lead we, right, to this firm foundation of knowing what we know. A life together, basically just a unified life in Christ that is led by the Father, established by the Son, and empowered by His Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we just give you the praise, and we just give you the honor, and we give you the glory in Jesus Mighty name, Lord God, we're asking for guidance right here. And we pray, Lord God, that you would just lead us. I pray, Lord God, that I know there's so much jam-packed in this next area of scripture, Lord God, and I know I'm gonna miss some stuff, Lord God, and I'm just praying that each of us can, can grab a hold of these, these verses and these scripture, Lord God, and just, and just take this stuff home and just pursue it out ourselves. But for this moment right here, Lord God, I pray that you just lead us in general what you're trying to tell us. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, book of Ephesians. All right, uh, so if you have a Bible app, just look up Ephesians. It's pretty much in there, all right? Um, you know, if you have a Bible, open it up. You'll find it's in the New Testament. It's after the Gospels. It's after Acts. It's, it's, uh, you'll have Acts, and then you'll have uh, uh, Romans, and then First, Second Corinthians, and then you're going to have Galatians, and then boom, Ephesians, and that's where we're going to land. All right. If not, we'll have some scripture up here. Um, really quickly, I'm going to share with you. Uh, we're not going to exhaust this this book of Ephesians verse by verse. We're taking some big subjects throughout this uh, 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 teaching throughout these next four months. We're actually going to be in four months of this. 
all right? And I believe that this, what, what we're gonna be doing these next four months is actually usually gonna prepare us for where God is leading us in 2022. Um, we have a good sense of where God is leading this church and leading his whole church around the world in 2022. And, um, and I believe this is gonna set us up, uh, you know, uh, you know for, for that. So anyways, uh, the first two verses are mainly an introduction, all right? Um, just to kind of give you a timeline, if you were looking at time history and kind of wondering, where is the book of Ephesians in Bible history, all right? And so if you go, right, you know, to the middle of time where Jesus Christ was born, all right, where he lived this uh, sinless life, where he did many miracles and, he, you know, and, uh, and he, he suffered and he died, and, and, he, and, he was, and he was buried, and he rose again. We believe this, right? This is, this is our call, all right? And rose again, and, uh, and then uh, ascended into heaven, and, and then sent his Holy Spirit. And in the book of Acts, you have this beginning of this grand opening of the church, what we are today, the church, all right? Men and women empowered by God's Holy Spirit who have given their life to Jesus Christ, who have believed that testimony and, and trusted it with their lives, given their life to Jesus. God gave his life to them, and so his Holy Spirit was within us. And you see through the book of Acts, just men and women just doing amazing uh, works that, that the Holy Spirit is doing, actually leading through them and doing through them. And in that, you meet a guy named Paul. He was named Saul, and then he became Paul. And he was going around, and he was planting churches away from Jerusalem, away from the mothership. He was just going all around, you know, the, the known civilized world and just preaching the gospel and planting churches. It was amazing. And he made this one stop in a town called Ephesus. It was a port city, all right? And a lot of import, export going on. A lot of just new things going on. This was the club scene was usually in Ephesus. It was going on. It was happening. You know, if you want to go to Ephesus, because you're going to go do this, all right? And so, um, you know, so, so a lot of stuff was happening in, in, in Ephesus. And Paul ended up there with a team of people and just started just planting a church. He actually stayed there longer than he, than he stays in a lot of places. He stayed there for three years, all right? He became a church planter and then became uh, the church pastor for a little while before he left and, and kind of left another guy in charge. And so uh, later on in life, as he starts getting older, you know, he goes back and visits these churches, strengthens them and stuff. But then later on in life, he actually ends up in prison, a Roman prison. And he starts sending letters to these churches to encourage them. And he sends this letter to the church in Ephesus, and it's an amazing letter. It's probably one of the most, um, well, I'm not going to go there. It's just an amazing letter. You have to read it, and you have to find out what you think it's the most of yourself. I'm not going to keep telling you. I know you guys are very intelligent. You can figure this stuff out. And so he writes, and he says, Paul, he's writing from prison, an apostle of, of, of Christ Jesus, by the will of God to the saints who are in Ephesus, to the saints. And that's you guys, that's, that's the church, all right? And are faithful in Christ Jesus. And are faithful in Christ Jesus. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. And then it's kind of an amazing thing. Um, in the original language that this scripture was written, from verse 2 through verse 14 is actually one run-on sentence. It's this huge thing that he wants us to know, all right? He wants us to know and understand and trust this huge thing. It's basically, uh, basically uh, you know, how we are led by the Father, how we are empowered in this, you know, are established in his son and, and empowered through his spirit, all right? And then he begins this, 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 this amazing, and I say this because there's so much in this, and I know some of you Bible, you know, thugs are just gonna be looking at this, and you're gonna be like, miss this, miss this, I know, 
Okay, thank you. All right, I'm gonna give us the general outline of what's taking place in these next uh, 12 verses, all right? And so here we go, all right? Ephesians chapter, uh, chapter one, verse three, and he's, this is where he's talking about, this is how we are led by the Father, and I believe that we are led right here to where we're at by God. Now check this out, this is kind of crazy. He says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ. Say in has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, all right? The, basically, he's saying that, that the blessings are all are already ours. And this isn't hashtag blessed. This isn't like, you know, you got all these cool things going on in your life. This is spiritual blessings. This is true blessings. These are blessings in, in Christ, in heaven. These are blessings you may not see, but you definitely experience for his glory. And he says, he, even as he chose us, this is where it gets a little crazy, even as he chose us, God chose you, God chose me, in him before the foundation of the world. He chose you and me before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and blameless before him in love. And now the words are flying all over the place, right? You're like, wait a second, I'm trying to grab a hold of this. And basically what he's saying is that God had eyes on us way before we had eyes on him. God had eyes on you way before you had eyes on him. God had eyes on me way before I had eyes on, on, on him. And I remember, man, because this, this is, what helps me with this is because I remember I, I met my wife. She was 17. I was 18. All right? And boy, I had eyes on her. All right? I was like, dang, that girl right there. When I first saw her, she reminded me literally of a, of a girl that I kind of, well, anyways, <laughs> it's personal. All right? So <laughs> it's just somebody was in my imagination. She just kind of fit my imagination. All right? And I was like, that's that girl. And she should know who I am. You ever watch somebody on TV and then see them in public and you feel like they should know you? Like, it's me. <laughs> I watch you all the time. All right? And so I, she didn't know her because she didn't know who I was. And she didn't want anything to do with me because when I rolled up to her, I was like, what's up? And she was like, nothing. All right? And so I was like, all right. Uh, but I was like, you know what? That's my girl. And, you know, and, and it's going to happen. You know what I mean? And I believe that, that, that the same way that God has been looking at me my whole life, that before you knew Jesus, God has been looking at you your whole life. And he's been saying, what's up? And we've been telling him nothing. We've been stiff-arming him the whole time. I know this about myself. I'm just guessing about you. If I got you wrong, man, you've been doing this whole thing right the whole time. I mean, like right, like out of the womb, you know, more power to you. You need to come teach me some lessons, all right? But, but, but I recognize that, you know, what well, God had eyes on me and I didn't have eyes on him for a long time, for a long time. And, 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 and then he says, he says, and he predestined us for adoption. He predetermined that you were gonna be his he predetermined that I was going to be his. Now, too many people, man, like, like, like to go into this big old argument, like, you know what? Well, does, does this mean they didn't predetermine that person or that person? Man, will you just worry about you right now? Just worry about you. Let's just get you handled. Because there was a time somebody was saying that about you when we were stiff-arming stiff God, right? He said he predestined us for adoption, all right, to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. He had it planned out. He already mapped this out and he was organizing events and allowing events in our life that would cause us to glance at him every once in a while. We may not give that full on stare, all right, but every once in a while we'd look 
And I remember, man, <laughs> through the years, all right, every time I'd see Debbie, I'd try to organize an event to get her to look at me. All right, every once in a while, man, and every time I fail, I fail, I fail. And then one time, man, about a year before we finally got together, uh, she was dating this one cat that I, I, I didn't like too much, all right, but I knew that they were, they were dating. And so I was like, um, I told some of you guys this story, and just if you know me, well, you've heard this before, but pretend like you never have, all right, because you never heard in this context. Anyways, I, I, I called this dude up one time, all right, and I said, hey, man, I want to talk to you about some stuff, man, business, all right, anyways, all right, and so, um, <laughs> you know, uh, meet me at this hotel, tells you what kind of business, anyways, um, I, I said, I just wanted him to bring that girl, all right, and so he met me at this hotel, and, uh, and, and he came to the door, and I, 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 he, she wasn't with him, I was like, where's that Where's your girlfriend? I didn't even know her name. Dude, I'm not even kidding. I didn't even know her name yet. It's been years I've been after this girl. Didn't even know her name yet. All right? I said, where's your girlfriend? He goes, man, well, she's in the car. I go, leave her in the car. I go, get inside. I went out there looking for her in the parking lot. I saw her out in the car. I said, you ain't got to sit in the car. Come inside. All right? Come on. You know what I mean? You can come on in, man, everything. You know what I mean? <laughs> she comes in, and she sits, she sits next to him, and he's sitting there looking at me like, what's going on, man? And then uh, he starts talking to me, and the whole time he's talking to me, I'm looking at her. All right? And the whole time I'm looking at her, she's looking at the wall. Like, <laughs> You know what I mean? She ain't trying to leave me. And, I, and on the wall, we're in a hotel. There's a big picture on the wall, right? And I'm like, and I'm looking at her and I'm like, do you like that picture? And she says, yeah, that's pretty cool. And we're in a hotel. They're screwed down. <laughs> you can have it. It's yours. I just want you to look at me, man. That's all. All right. And, and this dude looks at me and he says, man, what is going on here? And I said, bro, I don't even like you. Straight up told him, this is exact words. I'll never forget this. I said, dude, I don't even like you. The only reason you're here is because I wanted to see her. Um, I said, you know what? You guys could leave. You could leave now. I go, you could stay. All right? And she's like, no. She took the picture. And as he was leaving, I says, hey, homeboy, don't get used to her because that's my girl. That's my girl. And she walked out, dude. You know what think? I've got to believe that God does the same thing in our lives, man. This is what he's talking about. It says that he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of this will. He has this mapped out, man. And I've and I'm, I'm, I got to believe that when I look at, at least when I look at my life, events that has caused me to look at him, all right, look at him a little longer, all right, look at him maybe a little bit longer, and then finally look at him and say, man, I just want to keep looking at you. I just want to keep looking at you. God was patient with me because he knew his plan. He had this plan, all right? And he would organize events that are going to lead me into his, into his hands and my life into his plans. I believe this, man. And he orchestrated this. And I asked the question, man, well, why, why does God want me to look at him so much, man? What, what is there to see all right, if I'm going to look at God, if I'm going to look his way, I'm just going to feel like, what do I need to see? What do I need to know? What do I need to understand? Is that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to mend a broken relationship that I've had with him all these years and that you've had with him all these years and that mankind have had with him all these years. He says in verse six, this is to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. He wanted me to look at Jesus. He wanted me to see Jesus. He wanted me to slow down enough to get a good look so I could see him. 
is what I know. Knowing what you believe and why you believe it is going to lead you to live a more believable life, right? Knowing what you believe and why you believe it will lead you to live a more believable life. And so the, I was led by the Father to be established by or in the Son. Look at it in verse 7 of, of Ephesians chapter 1. It says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. <clears throat> in him, excuse me, in him we have redemption. We're bought back. We're not as, quote, um, without value as we thought we were. As without value as we thought we were. We thought we're, we're not actually of no account to God. We actually are of account to God. We actually have value in God. He actually does love us. He does want us. And he proved it by sending his son to redeem us from the penalty of our sin through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. Man, now, I, I had been, God used my own failures to help me look even deeper at him. I started a great relationship um, with Debbie and her and I were, we were doing great and then I would mess it up and then we're doing great, and then I mess it up, and we're doing great. And it was always me, I mess it up. And so finally, God used those circumstances to get my complete attention and remind me, look, not only, you, you need more than just an amazing woman, you need me. You need Jesus. And I remember, man, I remember when, um, I was away at college and <laughs> in my dorm, all right? And, uh, and, and I remember sitting there and I remember asking God, all right, you got my attention. What do you want me to look at? And he challenged me into this gospel story, this true story that took place throughout the... You know, that, 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 and I was like, man, I don't know if I can, I don't know if that's where I'm at. You know what I mean? I was just kind of challenged in this area. And I just said, God, I don't want to be a fool that just falls for anything. I don't want to be a fool that's just, you know, because life has gotten out of control. And you know what? This is, you know, I want to be, uh, I, want to, I want to know the truth. I want to understand the truth. I want to live truthful. I'm tired of living a lie. I'm tired of living like a coward. All right, I want to know the truth. I want to, and then, and then I remember, man, just praying. And then in that prayer, man, I don't know what happens with you or how this happens with anybody else, but I know that God will meet you in that moment and will reveal to you the truth of his son for his glory, not yours, all right? The truth, all right, and reveal the lies if you just ask him. 
If you honestly pursue him and say, man, I am right here. I am right before you, man. And when I realized the blood of Jesus Christ, I remember a grown man, I couldn't stop sobbing when I recognized that Jesus Christ, man, that this, that this man, all right, who was God and is God, gave his life. He suffered horribly. He was nailed to a cross. He bled and he bled out his life and he died on this cross and they took him down and they just, they put him in this tomb. When I realized he did that to me, I'll tell you what, I was undone. I was undone, man, and this is what it should do. You see, Jesus, and Jesus, man, he didn't just come to improve your standing with him, all right? Too many times we look at this and we think too little of this, all right? And we think, wow, our standing with Jesus has really improved because of this. No, it is not improved. It has been transformed, amen? Because it is not standing with Jesus. When you believe this gospel story and we trust your life to this story, your life is in Jesus, amen? amen. In Christ is what he was leading us to. And when I realized this, man, I just started being blown away. And verse eight says, which he, this grace, according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom. This grace, this forgiveness. We didn't just get a card. We didn't just get a certificate of completion. We didn't just get a, you know, attaboy, cool handshake, you know, pat, a hug. We didn't we were covered, lavish. This word lavish, I, I just said like covered in the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We were covered, we were consumed. I don't, do you, I, do you understand what I'm talking about? All right, you know what I mean? We, we, we weren't just like, a, it's not a one-time thing, man. Okay, cool, man, you're forgiven. Don't mess up, all right? No, this is like, this is, this is my life now. Our, okay, imagine if, um, I don't know how to break. Okay, so I think of like, uh, like washing your hair. When you put, when you get all kinds, you ever put too much shampoo in your hair? Some of you guys, I got no hair. Um, anyways, uh, so, <laughs> but I remember. All right, you put too much shampoo in your hair, right? You put too much shampoo and it's just, it's just and then trying to get it all out, it just takes a long time to get it all out. Does that ever happen? Maybe not. <laughs> Am I the only one that washes my hair? Anyways, sorry. Could be, all right? All right? And I just believe, this is a poor analogy, but it's just, we're just covered. We're just lavish. We're just, we're just suds, man, of his forgiveness. We're just, just immersed in his forgiveness. Should you choose to walk in it? Ah, it's Jesus. He's telling us right now. He said, Yes. <laughs> Should we choose to walk in it? Amen. Making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ. He says, as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven, things on earth, and in him, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. In Christ, we find out not only who we are, but why we are. We don't only find out who we are, but we find out why we are. 
in this, there's a, there's a settling. There's a settling that takes place in our life. Now, I, I, I like to challenge men and women who have walked away from a lifestyle from over here and are coming into this lifestyle, which means all of us. And the question is, are you finished with that? Or are you done? It's my favorite question. Are you finished or are you done? Because you can finish and not be done, right? You can complete some steps and not be done. You can complete, you know, uh, a class or, or you know, uh, you know um, a workshop, you know, on how to be better and stuff like that and still not be done. You can complete, uh, you know, a season of life but still not be done with what caused the season of life. So my question is, are you finished or are you done? Because we're given here the opportunity to be established, established, rooted and grounded in love, established in this new standing. Not before God, not just merely before God, but in Christ. What's crazy is in these 11 verses, the word in Christ or referred to in him or in the beloved, is, I think there's 11 times in, 12, in these 14 verses is referred. So it's probably a big deal to understand and recognize and in Christ, we find out who we are and why we're here and why we are. So that we who are the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Knowing what you think or what you believe and why you believe it is going to lead you to a more believable life. You believe that. So we are led by the Father. We're established in Christ. And we are empowered by his Holy Spirit. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14 says this, In him you also, when you, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So not only we led, not only we established, all right, because when we're here, a lot of us, man, let me ask you this, man, you ever, you ever look, you ever felt like when you're considering the way uh, of God, you know, or he would lead your life, like, like there's just no way you're going to be able to keep this up. <laughs> you ever feel like, man, I don't know how I'm going to keep this up. This is great. I'm glad I was led here by you, Lord. I'm glad I'm established by Jesus Christ, but I don't know if I can keep this up. Because I'm getting hit, oh, you know, left and right, I'm just getting hit by life and challenges and temptations. And what he's telling us right here is like, you know what? We're given the promise of his presence and his power and that, and that we're in his grip, not our own. You see, this life doesn't depend on how Tight, you can hold on to Jesus, man, because we lose our grip. That's why you find scriptures that says, you know what? In your weakness, I'm made strong. People say, they say, you know what? God's not going to give you more than you can handle. That's a lie. But he gives you more than you can handle so he can handle it through you. You see, what's crazy is that's the thing that kept me away from Jesus 
for so many years. I don't think I can hang on to this. This is, this is crazy. But when I realized that God actually led me here and that Jesus established me to be here and that the Holy Spirit is gonna empower me to stay here, I changed everything. So my question is, do you believe all this? You've heard it. Do you trust it? If your answer is yes, then, then what's gonna be different about you now, now, today, because of this believing trust? Yeah, don't walk away from here with just more information. Walk away from here committing to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your, your spirit, your body, your life. So here's what I want you to do, all right? Pretty, pretty simple. Over these next four months, all right? <laughs> Only take four months, the next four months, commit to this, all right? You just start now. I want you to expect, we have this little Ephesians challenge I want you to do, all right? Number one, you're just gonna make a commitment. First of all, through all this, make a commitment to do, you know, that whatever God teaches, however it leads you, he leads you, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna move into that direction. I want to make a, make a commitment. But our challenge for this series, as we come up here and we share like these big sections of scripture, number one, I want you to check our work. Check our work. Read what we preach after we preach it. We're going to be in Ephesians. Some of you guys are going to get in Ephesians and you're going to read it and this week you're going to be done. Well, great, good. But, but every week we teach a section of scripture. You can read what we're going to read before that, but after we read it, teach it, I want you to check our work. This week, read Ephesians chapter one, verses one through 14. Spend the week in it. Check this work. Word's going to be flying all over the place. All right? I want you to check our work, man. Do a little studying. Figure things out. See where God is leading you. And then, number two, I want you to check your work. I want you to check your word. Put yourself to the test, man. As you read the word, ask yourself the question, do I even look like this? Do I look like I believe this? Is my life believable? Because I know what I believe and why I believe it. You can go to our church app and you go to sermon questions and every week, I think we put them up by Tuesday or Wednesday. Do one of those up there? Do anybody know? Yeah, some, by Tuesday or Wednesday, they're usually up there. And you can start asking. You can go through those questions. They'll help you. Maybe get in your group and do this. If you're not in a group, we can help. Get involved. So we want to check our work. And we want to check your work. And then finally, we want you to trust his work. Ask the question, what, is, what does he want you to do about this? Because knowing what you believe and why you believe it, it's going to lead you to a more believable life. I can pretty much guarantee that. Praise the Lord. Amen. Right on.